No, our sermon today is about the life of Jesus Christ. We've been walking through his life, reading through, I should rather say, the life of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has been touring through uh, the countryside of Judea, teaching people. And now he's gone to Jerusalem. And as he's teaching there, some of the religious leaders come up to him and they begin asking him questions, trying to catch him. You see, they were jealous of Jesus' popularity. Huge crowds of thousands of people were flocking to Jesus to listen to him teach. And they were kind of jealous about that. So they were trying to catch Jesus in a tricky question and uh, make him look like a fool. Here's the problem when you ask Jesus a question. He knows um, everything, okay? If he's on Jeopardy, he is going to win because he knows the answer to everything. He will get a perfect score on your SOL, on your SAT. He will absolutely... Has anyone done SAT prep yet? Is it a thing yet? A PSAT? I thought that was an eighth grade thing. Maybe not. Anyway, moving on. Jesus gets perfect scores because he knows everything. So when they ask him questions about the Bible, that's even dumber because who wrote the Bible? Jesus, okay? He wrote the Bible, so he knows it pretty well. But let's read here a situation where one of the religious leaders challenges Jesus with a question. It says this in verse 28 of chapter 12 of Mark. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Pause here. Now, the reason this is a tricky question is if someone answers, well, the most important commandment is to not lie. Someone would be like, wow, you don't think it's an important commandment to not murder? What's wrong with you? And if they're over here and you say, well, I think the most important commandment is to not lie and to think. You th- Wait, did I just say that one? Oh, you think murder, you know, is the most important one. How dare you think that lying isn't important or how dare you think. So, so whatever one you pick, they would kind of like laugh at you and be like, ha, there's another one more important than that. But Jesus, of course, answers with the perfect response to what is the most important commandment in the Bible. And he says this. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord, your God is one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Jesus says, all right, I'll tell you which is the most important commandment. Love God. Because if you love God, all the other commandments will fall into place if you do this, as well as the second most important commandment, to love people. All of the rules in the Bible or all of the commandments that you see in Scripture can be summarized in these words that Jesus said, hey, love God and love people. And if you do these two things, you will do right. But the religious leaders at the time, some of them were called Pharisees. Everybody say Pharisee. Pharisee. Say Pharisee. Say Pharaoh who? (laughs) That's just fun. Sorry, Pharisee is what they were called, and they were the religious leaders. And we've talked about them before, how they would try to appear to the world as super holy. All right, things they would do. They would go to the temple and pray aloud, as loudly as they could. And there is actually an account where Jesus is sharing about one guy who's praying, and he goes, Thank you, Lord, that I am so holy. Thank you that I am more holy than this guy. This guy's a sinner. He is evil. 
Thank you. I'm not. I'm sorry. I just pointed at you. You were just right there. I'm sorry. He's a good kid. Anyway, moving on. You know, he was pointing and he's like, this guy is the worst. And they would pray out loud like this or they would worship and sing. And they would sing as loud as they could for as long as they could to show, I am so holy. Look how loud I sing. I raise my hands. Look at my hands in the air, waving like they just don't care. They would literally try to just brag about this. There's a verse in the Bible where figuratively God's saying, hey, Take my word, and I want you to bind it to your head. I want you to hold it in your heart. And so they literally took that, literally, and they took the Bible. They wrote parts of it down. They would put it in a box, and they would tie the box to their forehead and walk around. Hey, what's up? What's on your forehead? The Bible. Like, I mean, this would be like, you know, your friend coming in here with a roll of duct tape and duct taping the Bible to their head. Hey, how holy am I? I'll tell you. (laughs) Check out my hat. Like, that's... That's literally what they're doing. So people would know, like, like the Bible much? Yes, so much. It's on my face. I don't know if they got tattoos, but that would be funny if they just got, like, Bible tattooed on their forehead. That would be really confusing. I always wondered, if people that get face tattoos, do you get them backwards so when you look in the mirror you can see it? Or do you get them normal, but every time you look in the mirror there's, like, a backwards word on your face? I don't know. Anyone have a face tattoo? No? Okay, never mind. Moving on. I'm just curious about that. And if you have a face tattoo, I want to see it after service. Moving on, though, they would do other things. They would dress in super fancy ways. When they donated to church, they would purposefully bring like a bunch of pennies and they'd bring it in a big bag like, oh, wow, I'm bringing so much money to give to the poor. I am so holy. They would literally brag about this to people. And this is what they would do. And on top of all of this, there are the commandments in the Old Testament that we're supposed to follow. And they actually were adding on to these commandments, making more commandments that weren't even in the Bible to appear more holy because they would kind of use these commandments like a scorecard. All right. Now, I have a question. Um, When you guys were in elementary school, did anyone ever have some sort of system for judging how well you were behaved? Like, was there some sort of like board or I want to hear about it. Somebody tell me uh, what was your system at school? Yeah. You had a red card? Ooh. So you had a yellow, green, and red card. And so did you have to, like, pull it? it but Ooh, yeah. Okay. Was there a name next to the cards? Okay. So, yeah, there's a name, and then there's, like, a little card, and you pull it if you get in trouble. Okay. Yep. Over here. Oh. Were they stars or dots? It's a big difference. Okay. Happy faces. Big difference. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So you get like a reward for getting a lot of happy faces. Okay. I like that. All right. In the back, ma'am. Uh huh. You had cups. What would, you, what would happen if your phone went off in school? Would that be a cup move or no? Okay, you're a yellow cup now. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a really ornate system. There are cups and there are sticks, and I'm like, what's going on? Okay. In the back, is there? Yeah. Uh-huh, there's a board. Oh. Wait, you had to call home? Oh, yeah. So you go from outstanding to call home. Okay, that's bad. Yeah, right here. 
Okay. Oh, it's like drawers. Oh, that's so sad. Your name slowly falling down the cabinets. Okay, I'll take one more. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah. The thinking chair. This doesn't sound good. Oh, no. Oh. Wow. Wow. You would see... Oh. Oh, wow. So she had a thinking chair where people were banished to if you need to think about what you did. Okay. I'll tell you my story. Uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, we had a little board with the names, kind of like some of you guys. And then there were little bears. And it's like little cards, but they were shaped like bears. Okay. And there was green. There was yellow and red, like you guys talked about. And if you did something wrong, everybody started the day on green, okay? So everybody's equal. And then people stop being equal, okay? Because um, you do something wrong, like, oh, I don't know. The teacher would say, bear it. Stop picking your nose. Okay, sorry. And, you know, and then you'd have to pull a bear, and now you'd be like a yellow bear. Bear it. Stop pulling that kid's hair. Then I'm a red bear. If you got to red bear, you went into the hallway, okay? The hallway of death. And you went there, and you might have to go to the principal. You might get called home, okay? And so there's literally, though, as you guys are describing, there were boards in your classrooms that displayed, here are the good kids. These are the kids with the green bears, okay? These are the kids on the top of the cabinet. Here are the kids at the bottom of the cabinet. Here are the kids with the sticks and the red cups. That's a weird one, okay? Here are the kids with the red bears and it was a visual demonstration of these are the good kids who do the rules and these are the bad kids who get called home can you guess which one i was that really hurts okay that you would guess the bad kid you're also right but that's a great guess and hurtful i was i was often a red bear okay it was not not very fun um i i got many trips to the hallway and of death okay moving on <laughs> i'm just having this existential moment talking about my elementary school years and crying inside. Okay, moving on. But here's what they would do. You can tell me afterwards, okay? Here's what they would do. The Pharisees back then had all these rules and they would create these rules so that people would see, hey, I'm a green bear. Hey, I'm at the top of the cabinet. Look at me. I do all of these extra things. I do all of these things that actually aren't even in the Bible, but they're kind of extra that we add on. An example would be this. The Bible says you should not work on a Sabbath day. You should take a day of rest. All right? Many of us take our Sabbath on Sunday. I work on Sunday, so I actually take my Sabbath on Friday. So that's my day off. So we should have a day of rest where you relax. But they took the rule to a higher level. They went so far as to say this. Hey, listen. Because I'm so holy and I don't want to work, I won't spit on Sunday. What? Like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you mean spit? Like, spit isn't work. Well, here's what might happen, they would say. I don't want to spit because if I spit on Sunday, my spit could hit the dirt. My spit could roll and it would plow. It's kind of like plowing a field and I don't want to plow a field. I'm sorry. If you're trying to plow a field by... Like, that's not going to go well for you, okay? You're not going to plant a lot by spitting. But they literally will look at each other, and one guy spits. He's like, oh, do you even love God? You spit on Sunday. Evil, pull a bear. Okay, pull a bear, put him down on the cabinet. He's wrong. Or they'd have other rules. They'd have all of these technicalities about what they could and couldn't do. And Jesus is trying to explain to them, listen, okay, I want to remove all the technicalities. I want to remove all the rules here, and I want to get to the heart of why God even gave us commandments in the first place. 
And the point of all of this is love. If you love God, you will obey his commandments. And you should do this out of love. And if you love people, you should also obey his commandments. I want to take a moment, raise your hand and tell me what are some of the rules or commandments or things that Christians should or should not do? Raise your hand and tell me just what are some commandments in the Bible or what are some things Christians should and should not do? Yes? Yeah, do, yeah don't cuss. Watch your words. Okay, that's an example of what not to do though, right? Okay, cool. Just cast, questioning. Yeah, it's like lie. No, you're actually not supposed to. Yes, I like that though. Yeah, worship one God. You remember the Ten Commandments? Yeah, worship one God. Don't worship idols, all right? Uh, yes, sir? Don't lie, okay? You, wait, you said don't, right? Yes, don't, okay? Not do lie. That would be confusing. Yes? Don't kill people. Again, did you guys hear that one? That's a biggie. Don't kill people. Not maybe, not if your sister's really irritating. Don't. Okay, thank you for clearing that one up for us. Some guys were confused. Yes? Obey your father and mother. You were like, oh, that was mine. Yeah, obey your father and mother. Did your mom tell you to say that? Okay, cool. I was just curious. Don't commit adultery. Yeah, absolutely. Other ones? Do not covet. Don't look at what somebody else has and say, I wish I had that. That's wrong. Okay. Anyone? Other ones? Wow, you guys don't. I'm expecting more. Yeah. Don't steal. Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't care how nice their, you know, AirPods are. Okay, don't do it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, it is. If someone, if someone, you know, insults you or is mean to you, don't come up with that. Sometimes you get that perfect comeback that comes in your head and you're like, I could crush you. Yeah, that's tough. I get that one. Is your hand up? Yeah. Don't take God's name in vain. Excellent. That's a good one. Yep. Don't slap someone. Yes. It doesn't say that explicitly, but I'm going to go with that one. Yes. Friends don't slap friends. Usually, but sometimes, maybe. Eh, I'm going to leave that one open. Okay, yes. Don't covet, yeah. In the back, ma'am. Yeah, don't divorce, yeah. Anyone? Uh, Yes, sir? Are you just scratching? I feel bad. I called on you. You're just scratching. Yes. Yeah. Be a good steward of what God's given you. Don't be wasteful with what God's given you. And also give back to God, yeah, in tithing, yep. Don't be mean. Thank you, Mr. Rogers. I appreciate that. All right, moving on. Yes. Wait, what was that? Don't expect Christmas gifts if you don't give them. That sounds like a wise proverb, but it's not in the Bible. But you know what? I, I, I get where you're coming from. Okay, that's, let's stop there, okay? So these are a lot of, of rules or commandments that you might hear in the Bible. Shh. But here's what I want to hear. With some of those same commandments, or maybe even ones we didn't mention, why is love the reason behind those commandments? Why is it? Because, again, Jesus summarized all of those commandments we, memorized, we, we just said and more in simply saying, if you love God and love people, you will do these things. So here's what I want you to do. Say a commandment that we just talked about, and then say how that refers back to loving God or loving people. Want to give an example? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're honest, you won't lie because one, God told you not to. But then two, is it loving to lie to someone's face? 
No, absolutely. That's not loving. So, yeah, if you love God and love people, you don't want to lie because that's not loving. Okay, great example. Yeah? Yes, yes. If you love God and love people, you don't kill people. That's not loving. I love you so much. That's not loving to kill them. Okay? That seems like a straightforward one, but are you paying attention? Don't? Okay, cool. Just making sure. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely. To look at somebody else that has something, like, I wish you didn't have that and I had that. That's to say, I love me more than I love you. I think I deserve that more than you do. And that's to, to promote loving yourself more than loving other people. Right? That's a great example. Yeah, love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So to love someone is not to steal from them, right? And to love your parents means to disobey them? Yeah, no, correct. That is a good thing, yes. Now, don't, I, I feel like somebody's going to go on there, like, go on our podcast, find me saying, to love your parents is to disobey them and just play that over and over to their parents. See, my pastor told me to. No, that's not what I said. All right, moving on. Yep. Yeah. If you love someone, you wouldn't gossip. Well, did you hear about Becky? She's the word. Like, that's not love. That's gossip. All right. Yep. You wouldn't break your friend's skateboard. That is oddly specific, but I'll take it. All right. If you love your friend, you would treat what they have with respect. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that anymore. Those are great examples. And, And again, each one of the commandments that we talked about. All of them can be related back to love. If I love God and love people, I will follow these things. What I want us to get away from is this idea that we as Christians have a lot of rules to follow or that there's some sort of grading scale like we talked about with the bears and the wall. And we're trying to keep up with why well, I need to you know, be a green bear. Or I need to be at the top cabinet or in the right cup or wow, there's a lot of those. But anyway, I need to find the right system and, and, and look good in front of people. What if we just remove that and just ask the simple question, am I loving people well? And am I loving God well? That's the greatest measure of what kind of Christian you are. Not, well, how many curse words did you say? Or how many bad movies did you see? No, no, no. It's simpler than that. It's, do you love God well? And do you love people well? All right. Turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. First person there in the church Bibles, if you could call out the page number. No, don't say page number. Oh, you page number that's like when in home alone when the mom says kevin say you're sorry kevin i'm sorry (laughs) checkmate 671 okay 691 sorry sorry all right first corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 i want to read this to you and break it down all right says this if i could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but do not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. All right? Guys, words are empty if we don't mean them. They are empty and meaningless. Somebody could show up, ladies, uh, somebody could show up to your house and be like, hey, listen, I know your entire family is watching and your dad has a really evil look in his eyes staring at me, but I have a song to sing to you. I wrote it myself. 
I'm not good at singing, so just so you know. And he just started singing. You're cool and cute like a flower in a meadow. Some of you might be like, ew, gross, creepy. No, but some of you might be like, oh, that's sweet. Now, what would it be like if he said, I like you, you're wonderful, all these things. And you're like, wow, thank you so much. And he ends his song by saying, thanks. I didn't mean anything I said. Some of you be like, shut the door, like lock the door, like I, I'm, or slap the guy. Like, I don't want any part of that. If you're saying these words and if you don't mean them, they mean nothing to me. But here's the thing. Often we say words. And they're just words. They're empty. They're like a, a gong, because when you hit a gong, no matter how hard you hit it, it'll clang gong. And eventually it fades. And the noise ends into silence and this verse is saying listen if you speak it doesn't matter how pretty your words are or how elegant your words are if you don't mean them in love they will eventually end but if you speak even the simplest word in love it lasts forever it doesn't fade if it's spoken in love speak in love not just in pretty words but mean what you say he keeps going and he says this If I had the gift of prophecy and if I could understand all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Somebody might look at someone and say, wow, man, that person, they have a lot of spiritual gifts. Man, that person has so much faith or that person, man, they know the Bible so well. Like they can just quote Bible verses and they have parts memorized. It's amazing. They know the Bible so well. This verse is saying, listen, it doesn't matter if you know the Bible front and back, every word of it. If you don't have love, that knowledge is meaningless. That's like saying I've read a bunch of books about love, but I've never actually been in love. It's better to be in love once than to know about love from books. It means nothing to know what you're supposed to do if you don't do it. We must have love that moves and drives our actions or our actions are meaningless and our words are empty. Keep going. Verse three, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could not boast about it. But if I don't or I could boast about it. But if I don't love others, I've gained nothing. A lot of people like to donate or give her their time or give her their money. And, and here's the problem. Um, people brag about it. There's this theme I've been seeing uh, on social media where people will uh, buy shoes for somebody that at their school they feel like needs new shoes. But they'll record it and then share it on social media. And I think, okay, um, so you're trying to do a good thing by bless somebody, by buying them new shoes or by helping them out. But why are you bragging about it on social media? And I, I don't know people's heart. I really don't. But, but if you truly were seeking to just love that person, just care for them, why would you then seek to, to share with as many people as possible, hey, look what I did. Hey, look how good I am. Hey, on Thanksgiving, I served at the soup kitchen, and I want all of you to know about it. Hey, I donated a bunch of money, and I want you guys to hear about it. Hey, I served on a mission trip, and I want everybody to hear about it. Now, there's nothing wrong with sharing what God has done right. We had a service earlier where our church was like, hey, we're not trying to be boastful. We just want to share with you all the amazing things that God did in our church. But, but if I'm 
giving all that I have to the poor and bragging about it? Am I doing it because I love the person or am I doing it because I want people to love me, to think I'm holy? The Bible is saying here, listen, if you give to the poor and you don't do it because you love them, why are you even giving in the first place? What's the point if it's not out of love? I'm not trying to come down on anybody who's talked about on social media like blessing people. That's fine. I'm saying check your heart and ask yourself, am I doing this because of the person, because I love them, and because of God? Because let me bring this all back, okay? The reason that we should love God and the reason we should love people is quite simple. Because God first loved us. God made us. And he cares so much for you. And he loves you dearly. We talked about at the Christmas party how how he gave his life for you. He said, "I, I will take the most precious thing I have, my own life, and I will give it in exchange for you because I love you. The Bible says there is no greater love than someone who would die for someone else. To give up the greatest thing you possess, which is the life on this earth, for someone else is the greatest act of love you can do. Jesus gave everything for us because he loves us. And because of that, we need to return his love to him and say, God, I give my love back to you because you gave it to me. And now I want to be filled up with your love that I might love other people. All right. My uh, sister, um, when we were kids, she used to love this TV show. Uh, It was called Hannah Montana. um, And she used to watch it. I would never in my life sit down and go, I want to watch Hannah Montana today. Never. Okay. But because I love my sister, I'm like, you know what? I love you. And I will sit down and watch the show that I'm not interested in because I love you. I will actually enjoy and start to love the things that you love because I love you. Maybe you've had a parent that's taken an interest in a hobby of yours that really wasn't their hobby, but they're, they're sharing in the love that you have for something because they care about you. God loves people. So share in his love for people. If you want to treat him well, treat his people well. Treat his children well. Because every person that you look at in the eyes, they are a son or a daughter of God, and they are loved by God. So if you want to love God well, love his children well. Love his children well. I get more excited when people give my child gifts than me. I'm not exaggerating. I'm like, you bought my son little socks. It's so cute. I love that more than if you buy me socks. I'm like, cool, thanks. Like, Socks, okay. But, you know, when you give a gift to my child, you're blessing me. And when you give a gift to one of God's children, you bless the Lord. So to summarize all of this, I don't want our youth group to be a place where you feel like there are a lot of rules, a lot of commandments to follow, a lot of yeses and nos and do's and don'ts. No, no, no. I I simply want our youth group to just be this. I don't want it to be filled with rules. I want it to be filled with love. I want people to walk in this door and to feel loved. And I want us to show our love for God and people in the way that we speak and in our actions. And naturally, yes, many of these commandments we will follow if we truly love God. So if you want to love God well, 
continue to look at the way that he loves you and it will stir up this love in your heart or pray to the Lord. Say, God, give me a heart to love people. There's this person in my school I really don't like. Help me to love them well. Help me to treat them as I should treat them because I don't really know how to do that in my own strength and God will help you to do that. So don't be obsessed with some sort of imaginary board of how you're doing as a Christian or, or what scale you're at. Just simply ask the question, am I loving God well today? Am I loving people well? And answer that question. Let's pray. Father God, might we be directed by the love that you showed to us. Might it lead us and guide us, Lord. Each and every step. We thank you so much for the way that you demonstrated your love by, by giving up your life for us and then by offering us salvation through the power of the resurrected Jesus that he rose from the dead. We rejoice in your goodness. We pray that we enjoy this Christmas season. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said?